Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Jello Kuhn and Zach. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bonsai Beat. My name is Jello Kuhn, along with Zach. Hello, hello. We have a jam-packed, filled episode. We've got... Jam-packed and filled. Yes, that's just overflowing. Double stuffed. Double stuffed with content. Mm-hmm. So, we are bringing you a review of Rental Girlfriend from myself. Zach is bringing a review of the latest Railgun. Railgun T. I'm so glad they have a naming scheme that makes sense. You know how most anime, they just make the title longer, longer and longer the more seasons go on? Yeah, or... They, like, keep the initial title and then, like, tap on a suffix to it? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Like, k yeah. just adds extra exclamation points. I'm okay with that. Or That's Nisekoi. a good way to do it. Yeah, I'm okay with both of those because it's still just the show and the exclamation point denotes a second season. I'm talking about shows that are just like, mm, well... I guess there's not many examples looking through my list, but theoretically you could have like season one and it would just be the name of the show. And then season three or two would just be like the name of the show and then colon and the name of season two. And then season three would be like the name of the show and then just even more stuff. Like for some reason they just think it's okay to keep adding on to the original name. I guess name recognition is good and it's still the same series, but... But God, if you're going for name recognition, just do what Kaon does. Just add exclamation points. There you go. Or start with eight, like uh, Keijo. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you never know what season you're in. <laughs> yeah, and then you want, season two will come out, and what, it'll have like nine, and you'll be like, is this season nine or two? There's so many exclamation points. <laughs> they should take, you know what they should do? Take away exclamation points, because Keijo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the show just ends once they're on season nine because yes. they're all out exclamation points. The yeah, that'd be that would be pretty cool if they had the foresight to work backwards from nine seasons. I would be impressed. They smashed so hard, punctuation is now dead. Mm-hmm. It was the final ass battle, and then it's so intense it blows everyone's ass off, and then they can't have the sport anymore. <laughs> there you go. And then that's how it ends. Perfect. So, I have finished probably the most amount of shows I have finished in a long time. I can't believe this season is over. And I was thinking about this. It was so nice to only have, like, ten new shows. Have you looked, yeah, I mean, have you some... looked at the number of shows coming out next season? I mean, I imagine we're back to the normal of what, yeah, like, 70? Yeah, we got, like, 75. <laughs> it's some crazy yeah. number. But, yeah, it was, like, nice because it's, like... I felt like it was like, hey, I can kind of wrap my my arms around this, and I can, I can digest everything and actually keep track of stuff. Like, oh, that's the one show everyone's talking about. Do they hate it? Right. Or and you know if you want, yeah, you know if you want to watch it or not. 
Yeah. Whereas I... before, I'm hearing about shows for the first time every season normally by the time they've ended. Whereas this season, I was like, well, I have them all accounted for. I have like two in my I want to watch bin, two or three. And then like seven, I don't want to watch. But there won't be a show that someone brings up. I'll be like, I didn't know that was out. Yeah. I, like, I know what's out. <laughs> I watched five shows because there was only ten. And I didn't finish them all. I finished only three of the five that I started. Mm -hmm. I may go back and finish them. I don't fucking know. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was just kind of nice to be like, all right, download these five. Watch, watch, watch. I was able to come up with a nice summary for the show. And I even found shows that I liked. And I was like, cool. And then, so here's an interesting, I'll call it phenomenon for now. Um, I find, well, at least from, from this example, that we end up watching more things when there's less things to watch. So what's with that? Like, you would assume if there's 75 choices, you'd be able to find six shows at least to watch, right? Yeah. Whereas here, you had 10 choices and you found five. Whereas normally when there's 75, what, you watch like two? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. One, one or two? Yeah, like... <laughs> so what do you think that phenomenon's about? Just the pressure of not having to... Do you think it has to do with, like, just imagined pressure? I feel like it does for me a bit. Yeah, like, for me, it's like, hey, I know I can, like, check everything out. And mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I, I don't need to, like, wade through and be like, ah, sounds interesting, but maybe not. Or I know nothing about it. Like, there's just so much to wade through because the large majority of an anime season is mostly forgettable trash. Right. Like, in my opinion, like, you'll have your couple of shows that people are like, yeah, those were good. But the large majority of anime comes and goes. And I, I just felt like last season it was like, oh, wow. It's been so long since they had, like, yeah. only 10 episodes. So I, I got really motivated to go through and check them out. Because it was only, I was like, oh, there's only 10. And I knew the stuff like, okay, sequel, sequel, sequel. Okay, that's like seven. Uh, and, you know, some other stuff that I didn't want to watch. That I knew I wouldn't watch. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Five shows. Um, I, I think it too, I just, information overload. When you're looking at a seasonal chart and you're like, sometimes those graphics or the, even the synopsis can be completely misleading. Yeah, oh, that was all the thing I was going to mention. It's like, what do they call it? Analysis paralysis. It's like, if you have a bigger decision to tackle, you either delay it or just cannot tackle it. Or you spend too long tackling it, like you said. It's like, parsing what you want to watch is taking up your watching time and emotional willingness to do so, right? Yeah. Whereas it's... now it's just like, you just have to do it, and it might be good or bad, but these are the five you have, so yeah, like, why not I, try? I felt fine going in blind, kind of going like, oh, okay, this is what it's about. But I mean, a lot of the shows I watched, I just went in blind and was like, cool, we'll just see if I like it or not, based on the name or based on, you know, the picture or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's just... As someone who's been watching the seasonal anime now for probably 15 years, it's, I don't know, you get kind of burned out. It's like when you have all this, like, don't get me wrong, I am happy that there is probably 
multiple shots for different tastes and all that sort of stuff. And but everyone always says like, oh, animation is so expensive. Animation is so expensive. Oh, this. Oh, it takes an army of money and dump trucks and people <laughs> to make these shows. But yet they're like, oh, here's 90 new shows this season for the next three months. Every fucking three months. Every four months. I don't get it. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's like how many of these is expensive. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like how many of these shows even break even, let alone make a profit? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, perhaps the goal, well, I guess before maybe it's a numbers game. Cause like before, if you're releasing one as an animation studio, let's, let's talk animation specifically. You're releasing one show and it fails. Your company goes out of business. You know, you don't have the operating costs, perhaps, or at least it's more painful. Now, if you release five and one succeeds, it seems like one can succeed and cover the costs of the other ones almost. Yeah, very true. That's very true. Maybe it's like a diversification thing. I don't know. I would be very curious to hear from like casual, I'm not casual anime fans, but just typical anime fans. Like not the hardcore, like, Oh, we're checking the director. Oh, we're checking the studio. Oh, we're checking the voice actors. I'm checking out the source material beforehand or, you know, because there's definitely people who've been like, hey, I read the manga and I really enjoyed the manga. So I want to see what the anime adaptation is like. Or, oh, I read the visual novel. I want to see that, you know, that sort of stuff. There's always mm-hmm. going to have yeah, one, of my, one of my friends <laughs> calls that. He always likes to say, I'm an anime watcher, not an anime historian. I don't know that. When people like talk about the director and he's like, I'm just trying to enjoy the show. I'm not a historian. That's the way I feel like, yeah, I don't be like, Hmm. Well, Yuki Kawi, Yuki Kawi Jiri. Well, he made these seven anime. Hmm. I wonder if his eighth anime will be the similar and then be upset when it's not or whatever, you know, don't get me wrong. Like if I hear like, Oh, it's studio trigger. Like, okay. I like kill a kill. Little witch academia was fine. Uh, sure. Trigger's still somewhat new. They don't have a lot of releases under their belt. I'll be curious what they look like. You know, what right, we know stuff we like, but we don't agonize over talking about it yeah, from a technical yeah. standpoint. Like, I'm not like, oh man, Studio B and Studio Wit. Oh, their shows are amazing. Let's, let's, let's watch all their stuff and critique them tremendously. Like, to me, I'm just like, no, that's... I will take what you give me at face value. And if I like the show, I'll continue watching the show. Simple as that. I am a simple man. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna agree. But yeah, just the uh, I thought I'd ask because it's interesting, like psychology. Yeah. You have more choices. Well, it's it's like the age-old well, like, adage cable, about cable TV, exactly, right? Yes, a thousand channels. Thousand channels, thousand channels for nothing to watch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's anime sometimes. It's like you said, some are bad and forgettable, but a lot of them are just same. Like they feel the same as other shows, just slightly worse, so why would I watch them? Yeah. Um Did you finish all those trends? Yeah, definitely. And that's that's a challenge too. Where you've got your tropes and you've got your you know, the same stuff. And that's that's part of the challenge and that's what really burns out the typical anime fan. And that's what I think is challenging for us as people who have been watching anime for, you know, five, six, seven, ten, twenty years, 
you know, the longer you're a fan, the more you're like, oh, the trope, oh, okay, hair, I'm, yeah, yeah, oh, isekai, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. those new fans that are jumping on, they're like, oh, this is amazing. I've, I've never seen a show like this where you could be like, I can name 10. I can name right. 10 isekais. And to be fair, they might be seeing one of the better ones, like yes. ReZero, though it's not perfect. And, like, that is exciting. But then, I mean, they'll be jaded quickly, too, because then they'll realize, well, 20 of the 70 shows coming out this season are ReZero, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why get excited? Agreed. Uh, did yeah. you finish anything this season? Uh, well, Railgun was a sequel. Oh, was it? Okay, I didn't realize it was a season. Yeah, technically. Well, it got delayed, so it was last season and this season. Ah. It got delayed for like 70 days, remember? It oh, was tragic. Yeah. Um, I don't think I watched... No, I didn't watch anything. I'm like halfway through ReZero, so I'll be finishing that. And that's also a sequel, obviously. So, unless I decide to actually watch Rent-A-Girlfriend after your review, I didn't watch anything, despite yeah. there being less to watch. No, I mean, each their own, man. Like, I was actually kind of proud of myself being able to watch as much as I did. So mm-hmm. I started and got to about episode six or five of that super heroes. The, 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 each all their webtoon thing. No, 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 no. That was, uh, that was, uh, uh, God of high school. Mm, yeah. Super... I get confused with tower of God, the other webtoon yeah. that was last season. <laughs> yes. It's all God and it's all webtoons. Yes. And it's I'm all about wishes. But I've heard a lot of people that are. Mostly younger people. I play games with people that are like 17, 18, some of them. And they were all ranting about God of High School. And it's like, well, I guess that would be a show I liked if I was watching anime in high school, right? It's more modern mm, tournament arc anime. More modern Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it it has a big audience, it sounds like. People enjoy those. I'm not knocking it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Oh, I'm knocking it because I think it's bad. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to knock anything, and I tell them they're wrong, and they're invited to listen to my podcast. You are wrong, and no. you should feel bad. Here's, <laughs> right. here's an itemized list of insults. Yeah, yeah. Go to my review index and check out some real shows. Check out uh, Rants, or go check out uh, uh, Cosplay Sex Machine. Oh, wait. Yeah, watch some real anime. Yes, some Lucky Draw Triangle. Some DXD. There you go. Um, yeah, I finished Yumeon. I did not finish that Super Heroes. I might go back and watch it once it's non-censored. It was that. It was that show where the the girl has the repressed uh, hentai. It's an hentai and the in the erotic, and they form to make a superhero squad. It just got too ridiculous after episode five. I'm like done. The the joke, the 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 premise has worn out. Oh yeah, I see that. Ripping their clothes. The alien off. invaders feed off the collective libidos of the human race. Yes, it was funny for that about three or absurd. four episodes, and I was like, "All right, I'm done." But now. looking at the looking at the list again made me think there are shows I did want to watch, and I just never ended up watching. I, I liked the first episode of Decadence. I should watch more. I am on episode uh, eight. Oh, what do you think? Ah. Uh, Funimation started dubbing it, so I'm thinking about going back and just starting it over with the dub, because there's so much just dialogue in that show, and episode two, I'm still very confused about, uh, is it a game, 
is it real life for the humans? But it's a game for the robots and like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't even get that from the first episode. Interesting. No, 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 no. no. So you didn't watch the second episode where they explain no. everything. Episode two throws everything on its head. Ah. Uh. So, yeah, it's. Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yep. Okay, you remember the, when they go to Chits and Blitz, and he plays Roy, and he starts as a kid. He starts yeah. as a kid in high school, and he's like, "Ah, oh, he's a Super he's Bowl." He's taking Roy off the grid. Yes, mm-hmm. this is what decadence felt to me. I was like, "Wait a minute, is this like Roy from from fucking Rick and Morty? Are these <laughs> so? What it is is it's a video game for people to play." But the humans in the video game are seen as bugs, and they're killed. And then one of the character, one of the main characters, is supposed to be assassinating them, and you know taking them out because he's a bug hunter. But it's a video game with like a like a storyline, but like to the humans, it's real life. It's it's odd. <laughs> it's it's so. I am not a smart man. Maybe I just it's too highbrow <laughs> for for my my. This is why I like Rental Girlfriend. It's simple. I just like. I hope that's your review of it once you're done. <laughs> Decadence made me realize I am not a smart man. I am dumb. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound overly complicated, but it does beg the question: Why is that the plot? What are they going to do with that? No, is and it that's... supposed to be like a moral argument of like it's a video game, so they're not seen as humans, but these are real humans. That, that's the thing, it. though. But they blur the line of like, oh, they got a whole like squad of robots. Like in the in the first episode, everyone's human, but in reality, mm-hmm. Kabuto is a little miniature chibi robot outside of quote unquote the game. Who is who is? Remember that he's a boss of 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 the girl. He was at boss. Oh, okay, yeah. He's the guy who's revealed to be good at fighting, and he's like, repairs yes. the thing. Yes, yes, yes. But now, I, I'm supposed to believe he's controlling a human avatar as a bug person from outside? Exactly. Again, yes. And it's just, <laughs> this is why I want to watch it dubbed. Because I think watching it subbed and trying to, like, think and be like, what the fuck am I reading and understanding while trying to continue watching the episode? It just ran over my head. Or I think if I hear it in my native English, you know, maybe it'll be spelled out easier. <laughs> I realize I'm not a smart person in English. Yes, I'll say, like, oh man, I feel dumb. Yeah, they're just giving like some lecture about quantum computing, and you're like, okay, I'm still dumb, but now it's in English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, well, I'm I'm curious now. <laughs> and then I was I was watching the Demon King show, but it's just. Uh, I don't know why this trope is so popular that every high school magic show, except for uh, uh, two, Irregular uh, High School or whatever, the the Bastard one, oh, Bastard of Magic that, High School yeah. or whatever. Yep. And then also uh, Chivalry of a Failed Knight. Uh, so you should watch those two if you like this trope, because every other one I've tried and agonized over for the past almost decade on this podcast have all been terrible, because... They're like overpowered main character is put into class because the test results are bad. And I guess I am willing to rationalize this by saying like Japan, there's a lot of anxiety and pressure put on high school and tests 
Yeah, just like there is in the U.S., but maybe even more so in their <laughs> culture. Don't give a fuck in the U.S. We just, hey, did you get a D to pass? Great. Yeah, D's get degrees, baby. In some colleges. Sometimes they adapt that saying to C's. But either way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of pressure, and it seems like there's a common trope in these magic shows of character gets assessed poorly because there's anxiety in Japan about tests and how they don't gauge who you are as a person, which oh, I yeah. think is Oh, yeah, remember, remember Buck on Test? Vaguely. Remember the, pink haired, remember the pink-haired girl with the big boobs? The only reason she ended up in class after is because she was sick. Oh, Himu- uh, yeah. Himu- or whatever her name was. She was, like, the one actual smart person in yes. their class because she wasn't supposed to be there. Yes. God, I, I actually really enjoyed Bakken and Test. I should rewatch it. That show is funny. Yes. And it but, has one of the better openings. Uh, something to think about for our bonus episode. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, back to my point, now that I've been derailed. Sorry. Um, no, that's fine. They're all just the same shitty tropes. They like build a small harem of girls that look up to them because they're overpowered and cool all the time and unflappable. And they succeed at every single task. Bad guys are like, what the fuck? He's rank whatever. The the test said he was bad at doing this. Whatever the show's about. Magic. Uh, combat. Oh, just you, being smart. You, you want to know a show that I watched that's similar to that vein? Welcome to Demon School Uramakun. Yep, probably. Anything with demon and high school in it is going to be overpowered main character with girls swooning and bad guys being confused. I watched the first two episodes and couldn't watch anymore. But basically, this random kid, he had like Hayate vibes. He had scumbag parents who sold him off to like pay for their gambling debts and shit. And they ran, they skipped town. And so he did all these menial, like menial labor jobs since he was a child because, you know, Japan has no child labor laws, according mm-hmm. to anime. And uh, so he, like, got adopted by, like, the demon world, like some, like, president of this high school. And he goes to school for the first day. And, like, I don't know, it's his grandpa made him, like, recite this, this old man. He's like, you're going to be my grandchild. He's like, okay, cool, I guess. Weird. And he, like, recited, like, some spell that made him, like, like, I don't know, like, pervious to death or something. And then, like, some guy's like, I'm going to pick a fight with you. And, like, he kept missing. And they're like, well, because he worked for so long as a child, he's gained the ability to not fall over and trip. <laughs> he can he, he has perfect balance. What? <laughs> the fuck? I mean, yeah, and then because the people who made these stories realize they're absurd and trope-worthy, they always tried to make, add comedy like that. I don't understand. Why is that popular? Maybe I'm just getting old. Maybe I'm a boomer. Yes, we are all boomers. And I was reminded by that stupid type of show because the regular of Magic High School Season 2 comes out next season in six days. And You gonna watch it? God, I hate that show too. No. I refuse. <laughs> not even a not even a three episode check, you know. No, nope, no, nope. the first be season better. was bad enough. I gave it an entire twenty episode check watching the first season, and it was bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm constantly tricked into watching new ones because I I like that genre, the fantasy like magic high school setting. It's like young adult fiction and anime. I 
I'm a sucker for the genre, but they always just make it the same trope. <laughs> it's a genre I want to enjoy, but it's like it's not being made for me. It's tragic. Chivalry of a Failed Knight is great. They do everything right about it. They get rid of the harem problem by just having them pick a girl in the very beginning. And it's like, he's the one pursuing the girl, and it works out. And then they get over him being overpowered because to be that powerful, he has to, like, hurt himself. So it's, like, self-destructive, and he struggles with choosing when to use it. And it's like, they circumvent all the tropes that ruin the show. They don't, they don't just fall for them and then make silly comedy excuses. Gotcha. One show we did finish this season, though. Sword Art Online, War of the Underworld, Part 2. The worst ever version of Sword Art Online. Holy fuck. Yep. So. It's close, though. The Gun Gal alternative, I did give a three. Because the ending was so fucking stupid. And egregious. It's back to the not knowing what's right and wrong. How the person who was killing people in the game and torturing people in real life and making the driver her servant is now the good person and they were friends at the end. Yeah. It's like, uh, how do you not know what characteristics make a bad person? You've been writing visual or light novels for a decade. Yes. I don't understand. Re Reki Kawajira, Kawajiri is just like, ah, oh, I was wrong. I'll have more women, women uh, protagonists and strong women. And it was like, cool. Good job, Reki Kawajira. Great. And what do you know? He followed through. War of the Underworld was like, uh, part one at least, was like, oh, Kirito's in a coma. Now everyone else has to pick up his slack. But this season was like, nah, he's been too long in a coma. Time uh, time to bring him out of his, his coma. And uh, oh, let's show how much every woman in this damn show just loves and cares for Kirito. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking vegetable, and he gets more poontang than, you know, anybody else. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's it's just so bad. I mean, I just I expressed my displeasure enough with the the rape apologist scene last time we talked about it, and it didn't end any. It didn't get worse, to be fair. I mean, I guess it didn't get worse. Just... But holy fuck! If you ever want to see the definition of overpowered character. Just watch the episode where Kirito gets woken up from his slumber and <laughs> has been, again, has been a vegetable for, like, ever, and he can just stand up and start kicking ass. Yep. And also boring, very boring fight scenes, animated poorly. Oh, God, that was my worst. This whole season, they had pointless, pointless fucking fight scenes that took up large majorities of time that ultimately felt like nothing that led to nothing mm -hmm. and it was just and they didn't look they didn't look good the last good fight scene in that show was Berkuli, the blue hair teacher against the main bad guy yeah no. that was the last one that was satisfying and then every other episode was entirely fighting but it looked all it was was no <laughs> like dragon ball z style fighting where they would, like, jump in the air, they clang swords, and then, like, these aura bubbles would, like, come together, and then you'd see these huge mega explosions, and then the dust would settle and clear finally, 
and oh the bad guy is like slightly bloodied and he's like wiping the blood off his hand with a <laughs> smirk like is that all you got motherfucker yeah i'm rugio the greatest vr mmo player ever because at one time 25 episodes ago i did that thing i killed the guy oh uh, well just... yeah i mean he, he should be tougher i guess i mean he's in gaming terms the stereotypical pvp player all he does is kill other players he should be good at it but, but the also fight... the backstory is he was watching and not actually helping when they were doing the fight initially so it doesn't really make sense that he has good practice yeah no i just i just really felt like this season was all flash and no sizzle no it was all sizzle yeah <laughs> it was all sizzle no meat like okay great uh, and the and the bad part is, is now we gotta wait another fucking, who knows how long for the third part of this never-ending fucking story, which I allegedly claim it's gonna end. I part thought three they were gonna to do be. progressive next. Well, yeah, 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 they are, but they still okay. have a third part of this war on the underworld. All right, I'm gonna spoil it because I mean, you're not missing anything go by me it. spoiling the plot. But here we go. So, at the end, the part I found really dumb is Kirito's talking to Asuna, and he's like, we were gone for 200 years, things could be way different. And it's like, bitch, you were the one that led them for 200 years. The whole point of being trapped there was the 200 years they missed, they were actually a part of. So, yes. they don't remember, because they had their memory wiped or whatever, that's fine. But why does he believe it would be terrible? Because theoretically, they were under his rule for the 200 years he doesn't remember. It should be as he wanted it. You and he's think. like, and then, but now there's there's jet planes and they're in the future. Yes, oh, they're now in space. Space Kirito. I I thought that was so stupid. Like, a it's very stupid. Do these characters not die? Do these characters not age? I think, uh... The or are these... Are those are like... The, the apprentices? The apprentices are like the, sen the synthesis knights. Yes. Where they make a copy of them or whatever. Okay, fair. I thought maybe they are like third generation. But, but they still remembered their memory, which I guess is kind of like a plot. But it doesn't make sense if they were under Kirito's rule for 200 years that he would reinstate a system that steals their memories and makes clones of them. Yeah. I... Didn't think he was in support of that. <laughs> and, and then Progressive is supposed to be just the first season of Sword Art that we all know and love, but with 200-year-old Mind Cube Kirito. Well, so is it? That's what I've read. What? So I thought it was just a retelling. It's it's a branch off of this story. It's supposed to be oh. where that guy, the guy at the computer is like, what would happen if we put you with, you know, I forget his name, the creator of the first sword art world? Yeah, the... the like, yeah. Maybe that's the only way we can come up with a solution. So that's what the plot of Progressive is. He takes 200-year-old Kirito, recreates a fake version of the first game, and puts him in there. Gotcha. Which is cool sci-fi-wise and, like, continuity-wise, but that's only if you believe... Like the story is going to be any better or different? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I... it would be like a cool premise in any other show, but I just so expect it to go boring and <sighs> horribly. I don't know, man. I'm just starting to get tired. Like, I've invested so much time and energy into Sao, but now it just seems to be going just 
It's going to be too much. Well, it, it tricked me. I mean, Alitization was was pretty good. Alitization was great. I yeah. enjoyed watching Kirito with Yujio. It was a good match, and then I was tricked. It, he's not any better at making a story. I was just briefly tricked. And we got downgraded Saber. Well, yeah. We got Imitation true. Saber. We got the Chinese bootleg Saber. <laughs> but, yeah. Now it's, it's just like... It's terrible. Ugh, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. The fucking plot holes and just the absurdity of like, oh, well, the government shut down the fucking sea turtle, but the satellite shut down, but we're in the middle of the oh, fucking ocean, but maybe, like, someone has a cell phone with an antenna pointed at some other satellite, and we got a couple power generators over here that just happen to be here. Maybe if we rub some twigs together and tie some uh, string together, we can we can bring it back online. Sure. Yeah, they're gonna send a coded message about the IP address to enter the government's server. I don't. I have no uh, idea. Yeah, it was dumb. And also, uh, they supposedly went back there because when they go back into the game, they show the same thing they got into last time, and she, the woman is working on the sea turtle thing. I yeah. Don't yeah, no it's idea. just... Uh, I thought she wasn't allowed to be there anymore. <laughs> well, maybe the government was just like, well, we told you not to go, but we won't lock it up. You stay out of there now. <laughs> Probably in this world. They don't Oops, care. They're like, I dropped cybersecurity it. is a big threat, but we're never going to address it in Japan. Well, come on. It's SAO. They're fucking bullets going through Ethernet cables. They got bigger problems. <laughs> True. <laughs> I want my, like... Chipotle to be delivered over the Ethernets. One burrito. <laughs> if you don't finish this burrito in the restaurant, you die in real life. Yes. <laughs> uh, we call it Death Burrito. Death Gun Burrito. <laughs> Death Gun Burrito. What a stupid name for a villain. God damn. What did you give SAO? Two. I gave it a f- three. It's tied for the worst show I've ever seen. It's, it's right there with uh, Afro Samurai, the only other two. I Whoa! Have. That's a hot take there, brother. Afro Samurai is terrible. It's, Man. It's like boring boondock saints. They have like so much shit jammed in there trying to be, I don't know, like a Tarantino movie, be all edgy and mature. And it just comes off as so bad. It's... A terrible juxtaposition of animation and trying to be a mature Western show. It's it's very bad. I hate it. <laughs> Man, that hot take right there from Zach. Yeah, so the second... The only show worse than the new season of Sword Art is Afro Samurai. I'll say it. Dang. Let's see... That is a hot take, but yeah, God, I hate Afro people. Samurai. It, it varied from being like overly edgy to just very fucking boring. Ah, uh, unforgivable. Okay, so I have several twos, several threes. I only have two ones. I don't have a single one. No show has let me down that severely. Even I Afro have Sam- Z Mind, which I did a review of. So you can go back and listen to how terrible that was. Arcade Gamer Fabuki. It was an OVA. And I must have... Oh, that's what I was. It was a beach episode OVA. It was after the original... I thought you you liked that show. Arcade Gamer for Wookie? Yes. Go back and listen to my review. 
And then I've got Netsuo Trap, which is a two. Uh, some the, the skirt one, where the the woman the girl kept getting raped in her skirt, and she's like, "No, I don't like this, Oni Chan." He's like, "Oh, I like you in that skirt, motherfucker." <laughs> For perspective, I gave Soft Tenny a five. Damn, you have like decent ratings. <laughs> like, ah, I didn't like it. Six. It's. Well, I mean, yeah, go back and listen. Not that you need to, but go back and listen to my rant about the scoring system of anime. I don't know. I don't remember what episode that is. It's in our um, list. Yeah, but I just really fucking hate the 1 through 10 scale. Because if you're yeah. going to finish a show, it's probably at least average, right? You pro It probably deserves a 5 unless it's very egregious and you're just suffering through it like sword art. I had to suffer through the show that I otherwise would drop. Wow, you One know what? One cross fallacy. I gave arcade the original arcade game for Buki a two. I I still could have swore you said you liked that show. It was ironically liked. Okay, I feel like it I've heard so you goofy. <laughs> hey, I own it on DVD, man. It's on my shelf. Oh God! I may not yeah, have liked it, but I bought it. Of it's so bad, it's it's good or exactly. at least memorable, right? Yeah. You can't be average and be remembered. You got to be bad or good. Exactly. But I gave Tower of God a Tower of God a five, which is too generous. I in hindsight hate that show, but it just I feel like if I finish it then it's at least average. It's at least palatable, you know? And that's just how I do my one through ten. And it's how most people do their one through ten. It's why yeah. every single show on my anime list has like a seventy five percent rating. Because that's how everyone does it. So <laughs> Even though they should I I will watch it if it's like okay. Uh, maybe I'm getting something out of it, but at the end of the day, like if I don't want finish it, I'm not rating it and it's going in my dropped. Hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's fair, but that's, but that also feeds into the issue shows. I drop that should have got it to will, will end up not being rated, you know, except by people that finish them and like them. Yeah. I think, it, I, think it, I think, I think people, I mean, look at it. People fucking rate the shit week to week on my, on my anime list. Like, well, some anime fans are a little too try-hard, I exactly. guess. But I, I'm willing to bet the average person does not. Yes. All right. Though Reddit, though Reddit is visible, visible, it's not the average. But okay. the only twos I have is Afro Samurai and the new Sword Art. The Dang. only three I have is Sword Art Gun Gal Online. And one of the several fives I have is Sword Art Movie Ordinal Scale. <laughs> so it, it's getting all the bad ratings. I, I think the like highest season of Sword Art I have is... The first one? No. no that, that I'd probably say Alicization. Um, yeah, like I think them. I gave that a 7. And that's like the highest I have. It's like when they get Kirito away from all the girls. And like put him in situations where it's like, hey, he has to learn or whatever. Then it's a good mm -hmm. show. But as soon as, like, everyone from his original pals, it's like, oh, he turns into, like, Hulk Hogan. Just not racist. <laughs> Just not racist. I mean, Hulk I Hogan, but not racist. Maybe he's secretly racist. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He had to play with Chinese players this time, and he didn't. He didn't go, oh, you freaking racist. offensive Chinese words, I won't say. Yeah. <laughs> He, he didn't seem to flame the Chinese players. Yes, he didn't go, Beijing number two. I don't yeah. know. 
Your your president looks like Winnie the Pooh. True. I don't know. So yeah, that is summer 2020 in a big ass nutshell. I don't know. Are you you watching anything next season? Do you have anything on your list? Uh, there's one thing I was gonna watch. I have. Oh yeah, the remake of Higurashi. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's number two. I got the remake of Higurashi. I've got uh, what's it called? Iki uh, Iki Bukuro. Westgate Park is uh, on my list. Yeah. Series of urban mystery novels. That sounds kind of cool. Kind of looks like Psychopaths. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm interested in that one too. But There's that... nothing really else that I see there. Yeah, that, that was really about it. I mean, I might go through another, go through one more pass and just double check it again. But honestly, I, I, nothing was really catching my fancy. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take the time to go back and rewatch some anime and check a couple more things out. I think I have a good review lined up that I want to... I have to watch a movie and then watch the show. So that's based... The anime is based on a 1998 movie that's based on the 1978 and the 1970s glam rock scene. Hmm. And they made an anime, not an adaptation, but it borrowed heavily from this 1998 movie. So, I am curious about that. It's called, um, what is it? It is called Velvet, what is it called? It's the one. Do, do, do. Velvet Goldmine is the name of the movie. Huh. And then I was just reading the synopsis of Higurashi, and I'm glad they don't give anything away, even though it's a remake. Oh, they don't? That's good. Yeah, the it just talks about his new life in the new village or whatever. Oh, there you go. Yeah, new kid Kaichi is setting into his new home of peaceful. You don't even say it's peaceful. Hina Mazawa Village, making quick Kill friends with the girls from his school. Episode. He's arrived in time for the big festival of the year, but something about this isolated town seems off, and his feelings of dread continue to grow. With the gnawing fear that he's right, what dark secrets could this small community be hiding? So, I'm going to say this. Good synopsis. I'm going to be truthful. I've got Higurashi sitting on my damn DVD case. I have never finished that show. I have tried watching it numerous times, and I can only watch it show in small chunks. (laughs) It is just so absurd. Because uh, it's like intense or just absurd? Everything. It's intense. It's absurd. It's just yeah. it's too it much. It does have levels of absurdity. It also swings in tone a lot, which I mean is part of the cool mystery, I suppose. But uh, one episode is just them playing games in the school. Yes, I remember that episode. That was a nice episode. It's like the only nice episode before they're like, oh, I'm going to put this fucking knife on the wall. I'm going to slam my head into the blade for no, <laughs> while laughing maniacally. Or uh, put needles in, in the fucking rice, rice balls. balls. Yes. Oh, God. Ah. Yeah. I tried playing the game, the visual novel game. Yeah. And the problem with it is it's just way too long for what it is. 
the parts that are peaceful of them playing board games is like six hours of, of reading. Holy shit! And it, oh, the each chapter. So there's five question chapters, which is basically the first season of the show, which you probably haven't even finished. Nope. And then there's five answer chapters of the game, which are season two, where they explain what the mystery even is instead of people just dying. Hmm. And I never watched season two. So I was playing this game with my friend, and I'm like, I hope in the remake they explain what was even going on. And she's like, what do you mean? They explain what's going on. And I'm like, no, I mean, when I watched it, I finished it. But all that happens is they kill themselves and time resets, and then he is left with a different person being, like, the killer. And she's like, well, no, that's only season one. And season two, apparently, is 23 episodes, and it's the police chief's perspective and ah. mystery. So oh, I never even learned the resolution, and we tried playing the games, and we gave up on chapter two because they just they take too long to get to the meat of the story. It's just yeah, I guess they're building they're building the world. It makes, but the it makes the horror more impactful because it's like this is the cute girl I played board games for six hours with. Why is she trying to yeah. poison me? You now have a connection me? with her, right? Yeah, so I, I see their intention, but as someone who going into the game just found out that they do explain it i was like it can't move fast enough it's too damn slow so yeah i'm excited to watch the remake and then see if they're going to remake the, the answer arc because i want to know why i want to know what happened <laughs> yeah like just fucking speed it up like great yeah like so this one's probably also going to be as long be like every other you know it's funny i was actually someone on true anime posted this long ass like post on school days Mm-hmm. And one of the complaints was, you know, things seem to move really fast. And I replied back, like, dude, School Days was based on a fucking visual novel. Visual novels break out into two fucking problems. One, they do a decent job, like Steins Gate. And they, or Amagami SS. Where, mm-hmm. you know, they break it up where it's like, in the case of Amagami SS, each girl gets their own kind of section of the anime, and you move on. Or you have problems like school days, or in this case, maybe uh, when they cry. Where either they go way too fast, or they go way too slow, and then they try to jam as much shit into the anime so they can be like, oh, we got every character, we got every scene, uh, the fans who've played the game will be like, oh, I remember that scene, oh, that was amazing. But yet, someone who has no knowledge of the source material, you know, is just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That, that, we, I know 75 characters now and everything was at breakneck speed. I don't think adapting visual novels works well in general. The pacing's bad. The worst part about Steins Gate is that in the middle they gave each girl an episode as if you were choosing each one. Yes. Like the game. And that part really dragged. And it's like, the correct way to do it's like Fate Stay Night, where they do like one entire season assuming you made choices and it's one playthrough. They don't try to put every alternative in the game like what if you we were talking to Rin and then you chose Saber halfway through, but ultimately Saber died and then you ended up with Ilya? It's like, why would you do that in one run of a show? The story isn't coherent. The story isn't told that way in the game. So do you, you think ha- it's... You have to pick. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think it's incoherently bad then to use a visual novel as a source material? Because in my opinion, it's like, okay... it's a handicap. Okay, you do it fair. Way. Okay, because I figured like, okay, there's obviously an overarching story... That, that brings everybody together. But at the end of the day, it's like, do you just 
do, do not get fulfilled because some fans might be like, oh, I like Ilya. I didn't like Rin mm-hmm. or I like Saber. I didn't like Ilya. Or yeah, Rey's I guess, Rey's I mean, you're kind of obligated to make all of the versions if you only pick one. But, I mean, that's just the better way to consume it. It's like Steins Gate would have been better if they assumed you were picking either Makisei or... God, I can't remember the childhood friend's name. But assume you're picking one of them and leave the other girls as like an OVA after the fact. They're I mean, not important to I the think... main story. Did you watch Clannad or Canon? No, neither. Okay, well... I watched Little Busters and Angel Beats. Okay. Though, and those have the same problems. Okay, well, in my opinion, Canon... Well, Canon was... Nah, Canon's not a good example. Uh, <laughs> Clannad, though, in my opinion, is a good example because they stick with one girl. Like, yeah, there's other girls there, but in the grand scheme of things, they're just friends. There's no, right. like, crazy, like, oh, we gotta ship everybody with everybody. It's just... That's how the Fate franchise does it, and then it works, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, the source material just like, well, we gotta do everything to make everybody happy because, I don't know, that's what they feel like they have to do. I don't know. Maybe visual novels are just a bad source material for anime adaptations. Yes, I agree. It's it's like a, it's a hurdle or a handicap. It's not worse than having no source material, I guess. And just no, I agree. Like there could be really good stories. It's just I think Higurashi has a good story. Of the and actually, the animation after playing the game was an improvement. They cut out of some of the bullshit of just playing board games in the classroom for hours. It only had, like, one memorable episode that was only playing board games, right? So, <laughs> it's like, compared to the game, the first chapter is six hours of board games and two hours of murder mystery, I mean, and it, then you it, die. It wasn't so, like Endless 8, where they're like, we're going to have nine episodes of them playing board games, but slightly, the games might change. It's a different game every episode. Is. Yeah, see, the problem is... The, uh, Higurashi is an interesting case because in some visual novels you play through the game, you make one decision, right? You pick one girl and like the game ends and now you restart. Yeah. In the actual Higurashi game, it is told where you have to restart a lot. You oh. do die and that's part of the story. So you get the bad endings and then you gotta figure out what the good endings are. Right, but more than that, it's there's only one ending for the first chapter. You have to die. Oh. And then when you start chapter two someone else is the killer and your character remembers a little bit more it's kind of like meta in like what he's what he's remembering um so yeah that's fair that the anime also did that it wasn't them trying to do all the routes of the visual novels that the source material actually tells the story from his perspective and he is dying so that's interesting but whereas like Stay night if they picked every girl that's not how the game is played you have to commit and you don't die before it's over <laughs> so gotcha not... yeah alright well we have talked for like 51 minutes I could talk forever about anime hell it's yes. my strength there that's why go. I'm here there you <laughs> go. would you like me to do my review uh, I don't see why I wouldn't all right. Seems seems rude to say no. Oh, okay. No, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, not really. Uh, we can skip yours this time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Rental girlfriend. So as I said originally, 
when I first watched this show, when I reviewed it back on episode 275, or 70, yeah, 75, something like that, we did the summer review from the very beginning. Uh, 76. 76, thank you. (laughs) I knew a little bit about this episode, or about this show, because I watch a YouTuber called Palo from Tokyo who does a Day in the Life of series, and he did one on a manga artist. Well, the uh, manga artist just happened to be the manga artist of this show Hmm. that this is based on. And I actually went through and actually read the first chapter of Rental Girlfriend because I read it, but I was like, that sounds like an interesting title for a manga. Let, let, Let me look into that. And then sure. Well, enough, you were interested because of the video, right? Not because of the. Well, title. yeah, I didn't know about. Well, no, I meant the title of the manga. I was like, "Rental girlfriend." Right. That seems interesting. And they explain like, "Oh, he rents this rental girlfriend." And they explain a little bit about the show, or about the mm-hmm. manga, excuse me. So I was like, "Ah, that sounds interesting." So I found like a scanlation of the first episode or first chapter, and read it, and I was like, "Ah, it's cool." And then you know, it's like moved on. And then that's how like, "Hey, the show's getting an anime." And it aired this season, so it happened to be. How far was the gap between that? Uh, maybe a month? Two months? Okay, yes. A couple months. I was going to say, I maybe. imagine it was talked about because the anime was coming out, not because it was like a mm, weird coincidence. I think it might be a, yeah, I think you might be right, but I don't know. Like, this is just a Japan YouTuber, uh, so okay, I don't know, yeah. maybe it was just coincidence, but... It wasn't like they were like, oh, and by the way, there's an anime. There was nothing like that. Okay. There was no, you know. Like, he might have been in the forefront for potential interviewees, though. If yeah. He was doing an anime. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, then I'm willing to believe it's somewhat of a coincidence and you pursued it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll suspend disbelief. Go there on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, the series... It's kind of like a harem, but it's not. It's it's actually really interesting. So the premise is pretty stupid. Basically, this 20-year-old college student named Kazuya Kinoshita has been broken up by his girlfriend of one month. It was his first ever girlfriend named Mommy, but she was like, hey, I don't think this is working out. I'm going to go date someone else. And they broke up. So he was upset, and... He finds a website where they can rent. You can rent a girlfriend, and he's like, "I'm gonna check this out." So he rents uh, his rental girlfriend named Mizuhara. So her name is Chizuru Mizuhara. She's like a rookie. Uh, she's like a first year rental girlfriend but she's got really high ratings and everyone seems to really like her she's like the five star she's super cute and uh you know like everything a guy would want they go on a date and at the end of the date she even holds his hand and you know does all the you know fake girlfriend stuff and he's like oh man i love her she's so cute and then he's like wait a minute this was all an act I bet she does this with every guy. So he is like, well, I'm going to show her. He leaves a bad review for her. And then it's like, I'm going to tell her to her face that she's no good. And she's a liar. 
and he books her again and she he's like despondent and she's like what's up and she goes you're just you're nothing but a fraud you're a fake and she pulls him into like a side alley and she's like a you rented me b this is my fucking job you rented me to be your fake girlfriend so i'm being your girlfriend what do you fucking want you paid for a service i am giving you the service She's, like, completely different than her, you know, cute, happy girlfriend act. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. But during this chewing out, uh, Kazuya gets a phone call that his grandmother landed up in the hospital. And so they go to the hospital. And what do you know? Kazuya introduces Chizuru as his girlfriend to his family as well as her. And, oh, Chizuru's grandma just happens to be in the same hospital. And the grandmas know each other. They're like BFFs. So now they have to keep up the ruse that Kazuya and Chizuru are dating. Now we have a Nisekoi situation. We have a Nisekoi situation. There's no, no locks. Oh, yeah. But, uh... With less of a tease. Yes. Nisekoi relationship. <laughs> so that's like the overall premise. And his friends end up... He, uh, during one of the dates with Chizuru... He bumps into his friends, and he shows her off, like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Bizarro. And they're all jealous and all that stuff. And so now the ruse is getting, the lie is getting more and more deeper. And that's really the main problem of the show for the characters is Chizuru doesn't want, doesn't, no one in her family knows that she's a rental girlfriend. And I want to say she's she's ashamed of it, but she knows, like, people look down on that. So she's like, I don't even want to, you know, tell people what I do. And she's like, no one in my family knows. I don't want anybody to find out what I do. So I'll help you keep the secret. Meanwhile, Kazuya is like digging himself deeper by like anytime like they have a chance to like break it off. There's always like something that happens that like he ends up telling another lie. Like the grandmother was like. Oh my god, I love you, Chizuru. You're, like, too good for my grandson. He's such a loser. And, like, her wish is for him to, like, get married before she dies. So, Kazuya has this weird guilt about, like, not wanting to upset his grandmother. And then the fact that he lied mm-hmm. to her, now he feels like, oh, crap, now I can't, you know. So, they end up keep dating and stuff. Meanwhile, like, Kazuya wants to find a girlfriend... And she, and Chizuru is like a crutch. Like she keeps helping him. Like, oh, I'll continue being your rental girlfriend and give you confidence and this and that. Meanwhile, you know, events keep happening where, you know, Kazi is like, oh, I really like you, Chizuru, but he can't tell her that because she actually, you know, she says, I don't, you know, this is strictly a professional arrangement. Don't read into this because he'll think of like sexy time thoughts and then be like oh she'll be like oh i love you kazuya oh you're so wonderful you know because she'll be like in friends and he'll think in his head like oh she's my girlfriend i'm allowed to like kiss her you know like creepy Mm -hmm. stuff so moving on that's the gist of the show meanwhile uh you got other girls that come and go um we meet Mommy, the Gex girlfriend, she tries to get back with Kag- with Kazuya, and in reality, she's just being a two-faced bitch who just kind of wants to like 
if if he's happy, then I want to break up that happiness because she's upset oh, that wow. he found someone so quickly. And then there's Rupert. Well, now I'm more interested to watch it because now it has a shitty character like yes. Scum's Wish. Yes. <laughs> and then there's Ruka, the best character. So Ruka was another rental girlfriend, but her, she's just cute. And she's got like the little sister vibe. Um, She's got like a heart condition. Like, I think she has like a pacemaker or something. Her heartbeat can't get like, her whole thing for liking Kazuya is because like her heartbeat reached a certain like beats per minute from being around him. And so she's like, oh, this has got to be fate. And like, like basically like begs and pleads for her to go out with Kazuya. Hmm. And then there's one last girl named, uh, oh, fuck. What was her name? Sumi. That's it. Sorry. Sumi. And she's introduced at the second to last or like episode nine out of like 12 episodes or episode 10. She's like a new, uh, new rental girlfriend and she's super shy and she's like quiet but she's like really cute and like does cute things she's awesome too but yeah the, the show while it's a comedy it can be really really icky and really uncomfortable so a lot of times Kazuya will perceive things that aren't true and do things that a normal person wouldn't do like, there's an episode where uh, Chizuru is, like, with a friend, like, another with a guy friend of hers. And he thinks that she's on a date. So he follows her, sneaking around town, following her, making assumptions about things that aren't true. And thinking, like, oh, I have to save her. Oh. But then in his head, he's going, what the fuck am I doing? Like, not normal. Like, normal like, he knows what he's doing. Is fucked up, but he still does it. Like, he knows, like, I shouldn't be sneaking around. Chizuru and me are not in love in any shape or form, but yet I'm over here creeping, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he gets, like, found out and makes assumptions that are completely wrong. And, did we watch a fucking scene? Where we watch this motherfucker jack off. Like, this show is so weird. That's more extreme than Scum's Wish. It is. There's, like... So, sex is used a lot in this show. More for comedy. But, like... He thinks it was his dick. He's a 20-year-old guy. And he doesn't hide that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a scene where we see him... We see him jacking off. But in his head, he's thinking about... Mommy. And he's thinking about... Chizuru... And then he gets, like, fight with himself about who he should masturbate to. <laughs> and then he feels like a trash bag when he's done. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, again, 20-year-old guy. Um, And you're probably like, what the fuck? Why do you keep watching this show? It's just fun. I don't judge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that stuff can be good. Scum's Wish... Is people coping with relationships that they're not experienced in, you know, and shitty so, yeah, things happen. That's, that's the thing here, though. And this is kind of the problem, not the problem of the show, but the problem with Kazuya. Kazuya knows 
like, hey, I've got a, I've got to fucking like stop feeling bad for myself and get confidence and like, he keeps going back. Like, Chizuru to him is like his safety blanket. And mm-hmm. Chizuru is trying to be nice. She keeps saying, oh, I'll be your rental girlfriend until you get a real girlfriend. Um, You know, I'll help you out any way I can. And she still takes his money. And they, and like, they still have to fake the relationship. So, like, well, his grandmother was in the hospital. Like, every Wednesday, he would rent her so they could go to the hospital together. And, and you know, stuff like that. But instances would happen where they kind of come closer together. But Kazuya would think about, like, oh, this unassuming thing happened. This must mean that she likes me. Meanwhile, Chizuru is like, made it more than clear, like, I don't like you. This is a, you know, situation because I'm a rental girlfriend. There's nothing between us, you know. But yet, she's friendly with him. And, like, they live next to each other because, you know, it's anime. And they go to the (laughs) same school because it's anime. But, Mm -hmm. like, there's a scene where she gives him a present because in an earlier episode, he ended up breaking his phone because of her. And she felt bad, so she got him a gift to help with the phone. And, you know, it's... And he reads too much into that. Yes. But then on the other hand, he's like, you hear him thinking, like, hey, this, there's nothing to it. She's just a nice person. She's friendly. You know, she's being mm-hmm. a friend. But yet he's like, no, I want to, I want to, you know, be with her. She's the only girl I want. And like, he starts, like, he goes with Rukia. Like, Rukia wants to be with him, date him, like, legitimately. And he fights over that of like, should I date this girl who wants to date me? Or should I be trying to be with Mizuhara? And it's like this weird codependent relationship they have. Where it's like, Kazuya can't move forward because he's got Mizuhara there mm-hmm. to fall it's, back it's on. It's Yes. And it's, it's, what makes the show fun is because you, you root for Kazuya. Even though he's a scumbag and he's creepy and like, you know, is dumb and you're not the smartest guy out there, but you're still just like, it's that are they or aren't they going to be in a relationship together that keeps it driving. The show's got its funny points, although absurd, you know, like the whole thing about like both the grandmas, both like Kazuya and Chizuru and like, because they think they're together, they're like, Oh, you're going to get married soon and have pop out a bunch of kids. I'm going to be a, a grandmother. A great grandmother, you know, you know what I mean, like all these mm-hmm. plans for them, and you know it's absurd. It's again, it's anime, but the 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 show is just really fun. Um, the whole like week to week or episode to episode, there's always movement in the episodes. Like there's always a plot moving forward. It's never just um stationary or like stuck. There's always something moving the plot forward. Uh, and it's, you know, and you learn a lot about the characters. We find out why Mizuhara is a rental girlfriend. 
you know, we get to see other cast of characters I didn't even bring up. There's friends of Kazuya's, um, who, you know, are really nice guys, and they go to bat for him when things aren't going good. You know, when they try to break up, for example, like, they break up in front of the friends and stuff. They're like, oh, we're breaking up. Well, we just... Isn't working out, you know. And one of the friends of Kazuya's is like dragging her off to the side, like, "Oh, he's such a good guy," blah blah blah. I don't want to take give too much away, but mm-hmm. you know, the sh- the show is definitely worth a watch. It's definitely absurd. Like, you know, it's like, "Oh, we went on the date. Hey, you live right next to me, and we go to the same school. Oh, who would have thunk it?" You know, silly stuff like that, but. I really enjoyed the show. It was my favorite show of the season. I was always excited to watch a new season or a new new episode every week. And, and some episodes are definitely uncomfortable. There's a few times in this series where they do a really good job of just... You feel gross after watching some of these episodes. Because you're just like, fuck. Like... You think Kazuya is moving forward, and then he does something so egregious. We're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And like, even to the point where it's like, okay, in reality, you would think the girl would just be like, fuck this. I am done trying. I tried to be nice, and this is how I was repaid. You know, but obviously it's anime. It doesn't work that way. But... Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, I gave the show a seven. Uh, the characters, I, I really like the characters. The girls are cute. The, the, the show looks good overall. Um, it was a really fun, refreshing show. And it was nice to have non-high school-aged characters. I've always liked the anime when they're set in college or above and dealing with relationships because you're out of the the stupid stuff you see in anime. Oh, I want to hold his hand. Oh, I want to do... You know what I mean? Like the the wishy-washy feelings. Mm-hmm. No, they're fucking adults. And don't get me wrong. Kazuya only had a girlfriend for a month. He's a fucking virgin. You know? Mm-hmm. He pretty much should be back in high school from a relationship standpoint. But, you know, there's alcohol and real-world problems and stuff that, you know... You can't just, uh, you know, there's there's situations that arise that don't arise in a typical high school anime. That can arise in a college one. So, I don't know. Um, do you have any questions on anything? or? Hmm. I guess, like, how much screen time do the other girls get? Because you said it's like a harem, but not. Like, are they actually getting their own episodes? The story really focuses mainly on the relationship between Kazuya and Mizuhara. The other girls come and go to to progress the story. So, like, Mommy is a background character for the most part. She has her moments, but she's the ex-girlfriend who's kind of watching through the distance, through through the window, you know? So her motivation Mm -hmm. is like... Hey, I dated Kazuya. I didn't expect him to be so popular. 
uh, what the fuck? How did he move on to this girl that's really cute and hot and, you know, seems really good so quickly? That's not Kazuya, I know. You know, and she's suspicious. Mm-hmm. So they worried about the fact that their main worry is we don't want people to find out that Mizuhara is a rental girlfriend for her sake. And Kazuya doesn't want to cause any problems for Mizuhara, essentially. He really doesn't care about himself. He's like, look, I dug my hole, but he's already made his hole. He's already so deep in lies, he's got to keep the lie up. Mm-hmm. And even when he tries to fix the lies, or the lie, and, you know, break it off, something else happens where they have to continue the lie. Um, Sumi and Ruka. Sumi's like one episode, and she's just kind of there as a background character. And Ruka, she has a couple episodes, but she's like... She gets definitely here for like two episodes. And then she's kind of like a background character who helps drive the plot. But she's not... A th- the main focus is Mizuhara and Kazuya. And then all these other hmm. girls just kind of are in the stratus, you know, in the rotation of these guys, of these two for various reasons. Like, Yeah, I like when they try to do, like, multiple main ones, such as Nisekoi or, like, White Album 2. So, it feels like kind of a cop-out that the side girls, like, fade into obscurity when it's convenient. Because yeah. that's not how, like, your real life would be. So what's different about this show versus, like, something like White Album or, or Nisekoi... Yeah, as a viewer, they give you that, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Rokia and uh, Kazi got together? Or, oh, isn't Sumi-chan cute? Because, oh, she's quiet and she's shy. But she does cute things, like, she, like, gets an ice cream cone, and she sticks the ice cream cone out so so uh, Kazuya can take a lick, you know, have a lick of it. Mm-hmm. But she just kind of stretches it out with her eyes closed, and she's scared. And she doesn't say, like, hey, you can have some of my ice cream. She just, you know, kind of does it. And Kazuya's like, oh, you sure? Oh, cool. You know, takes a bite. But, you know, it's like, oh, isn't she cute? So that from a care, from a viewer perspective, they kind of, like, give you every girl. But at the end of the day, Kazuya, well, he knows he can't be with Mizuhara. He doesn't want them to try to stop him. And he wants to try to be with her. But he's wishy-washy. He has an opportunity at one point to date someone else. But then something else happens, and he's back to Mizuhara. Like, Mizuhara is like a drug for him, but a bad drug. She means well, <laughs> but she's an enabler. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like that friend who wants to help you, but... As much as she tries to help, she's not doing you very much good. And she's keeping you stuck in your place. She's not helping you move forward. She's keeping you stuck where you are, and you can't move on. Even though it's unintentional, and she doesn't even realize it. She just thinks she's being a friend. And, well, yeah, she's doing this fake rental girlfriend thing, and she's making money off of it. But still, she's just like, hey, I'm helping. You know. But, uh... They definitely push the Mizuhara Kazuya. Like, that's the main storyline. As a viewer, mm-hmm. is it... 
oh, is it going to be cause you as dorkiness and and weirdness? Just, just you know, oh, like, by the end of the show, it's been a year. So by episode 12, it's been a year that they've been together doing the date, girlfriend rental thing. By the, by episode 12. So. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they end off in a, I want to say a cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger. Um, and well, the show just kind of ends. And in episode 10, they asked for everybody's support. So at the, if you do watch the show, make sure you watch the previews for the next episode. They're fun as well. Um, uh, they, so it's an after credits preview. But in episode mm-hmm. 10, they had asked like, oh, we, we need your support. Help us out. You know. And then episode 12, they came out and said, oh, we got a second season. So there will be a second season. It was really weird. Because they literally, like, were asking a week or two earlier, like, oh, help us get out. Uh, you know, help us do better. And what's interesting is this show actually did really well on Netflix Japan. Uh, this was the number two streamed show behind, like, for animation. Hmm. It was like, uh, I forget what the first one was. I think it was Decadence, or uh, I forget what the first one was. Was it Sword Art? <laughs> it was not Sword Art. But on Netflix Japan, like, this is like number four overall. Like, because you had the more bigger, like, Disney properties or other big mm-hmm. shows in Japan. But this is like number four streamed show. Well, this was airing. So the show did really, really well in Japan. And it seemed to be really well received outside of Japan. At least I was following the threads week to week on Reddit. And it seemed to do really well. There's got a lot of feedback every every uh, thread. And, you know, there's definitely some episodes... That weren't great, but there's definitely episodes where like, oh, this is why I watch the show. Like, it redeems itself. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad overall. Um, especially if you can marathon it now. Maybe you'll like it better. But I also wonder, it's frustrating because, like, this is a good show where you kind of wonder, like, it gives you time to think about, like, oh, okay, this happened in the episode. I wonder where they're going to go next episode. Oh, they can go this way. They can go that way. You know what I mean? You get that week to kind of like, you watched it, you enjoyed it, you talk about it for a little bit, you know, like on Reddit or Twitter or wherever you discuss your anime, but then it kind of just sits in your brain, and by the time the next episode comes, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, another episode, let's let's get get onto it, you know, or if you're going to marathon it, maybe you won't get that impact. You don't get that time to kind of cool off and yeah, digest. True. But, uh, yeah. Like I said, gave it a seven. Uh, my favorite girl was Rukia because she's, like, super sweet and over the top. And, uh, just, I, I wish I could tell you a scene that I fucking loved. You know what? Fuck it, I will. So, <laughs> there's a scene where Kazuya meets... Uh, uh, Rukia alone and like it was on a bridge and she goes to like slip she goes to like walk turn away and walk away you know they do that slip and he he grabs her and 
He accidentally grabs her boob. And she's like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Oh, this is terrible. And you know, some other unintentional sexual thing happened as well. So the next, like later that day or like the next day, they show another scene where like Kazuya and, and uh, Mizuhara are talking. And Rukia comes up and is like, I want to date you, Kazuya. And she's like, they're all like, what? And she's like, well, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm Chizuru. She's like, oh, I've heard about you. Well, how far has Kazuya got with you? And she's like, what? He goes, well, he grabbed my chest and he accidentally kissed me. He, I mean, and he kissed me. I have gone further with you. With, with me, I've gone further with Kazuya than you have. So I'm going to date him. <laughs> he clearly likes <laughs> me better. It was just hilarious. Because, like, obviously what happened was unintentional and not... Uh, just watch the scene. It's it's funny. It was just funny how, because the voice actor for her, just she's just really good. Mm-hmm. And that's where the... Comedy, this isn't, like, a super serious... There are definitely serious parts of the show, but it's a comedy first and foremost. So, yeah. So that's that. Check it out. Nice. It's on Crunchyroll. Uh, you can check it out there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, nothing. On, I'm wondering who picked, if anybody even licensed this show. Because I would definitely buy it. Um. Yeah, I'm hoping it gets licensed. It was. A, I'm pretty sure it did. I imagine it will. Yeah, there's tons of bad shows that do, and this one was somewhat successful. Yeah. Uh, it is licensed by. Uh, well, it's just Crunchyroll still. Um, and the oh, and the manga is out in the U.S. So, uh, Kodansha. Uh, it's so it got serialized in the Kodansha Weekly Shonen magazine, and then Kodansha manga is now releasing a translated version in the U.S. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, Crunchyroll. Oh, here we go. August eleventh, twenty twenty. Crunchyroll announced that the series would receive an English dub. Well, cool. Uh, so I'll probably definitely be rewatching this. So I wonder how the dub will be. It's always challenging to watch a show that you watch in Japanese and you know the voice characters, and then you watch it mm-hmm. in English, and you're like, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, there's some I like both, like Railgun. I always love watching the new season in Japanese, but I like the dub a lot, too. Yeah, like the one I'll be top. Yeah, it doesn't save it if it's getting home light. Home. I'm assuming if they're putting a dub to it, I think Crunchyroll will just release it themselves. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, I talked for a long time. Go ahead. Bit. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, all right, Railgun Season Three, which they named Railgun T. Um, the T means nothing, as far as I can tell. They had S and then T. Maybe they're going to spell something eventually. Star. Yes, yeah, Star. Railgun, Railgun star. star. That sounds kind of good. But it's better than just making the title really long, like we discussed earlier, so I'm thankful that it's easy to remember. Uh, Q-R-S-T, yeah, at least T comes right after S, so 
There you go. The next one has to be you. Um, so, I mean, uh, first disclaimer, I'm a big fan of this show, even though it's probably not for everyone. It's like half slice of life girl hijinks and then the other half like badass action, like magic action. Um, so I think it's good, but it's a spinoff of a main series index, which I don't enjoy. I think the plot is dumb. I hate the main character. He's the overpowered trope we talked about before. Um, the girl that's like the lead in it, Index, is just very annoying and is just like a very loud child. And without making it sound derogatory, mentally challenged because she's like a. She's only lived like three years as a human because she's some like magic tome that is a human. <laughs> so she doesn't have her memories. So she's basically just like socially inept and dumb. And I just. I can't get into that. It's. It's tough to watch. But what I will applaud of the main series is it's often grittier. Um, people actually die in the show, whereas in Railgun, they really downplay the conflict. Like, to give you an example, this is, like, very nitpicking, but at this point, if you haven't heard me talk about Railgun or haven't heard about it, it's it's been a while, so I'm going to be nitpicking at this point. Um, there's two characters, Frenda and Ruiko, and Frenda's from an organization called Item that tried to kill uh, Misaka, but failed. And Ruiko's one of Misaka's friends, and they're running away from this person uh, because they just happen to be in the same area and, like, talking to each other, not because they're friends initially. Um, that's trying to, like, snipe them, like, kill them. So, like, in the Index series, they would probably just let the characters die, but in the Railgun series, they spend the whole episode running away. And then the brutal part only happens to the bad guy, where Frenda, though not good, having tried to kill the main character, Mitsuka, uh, ends up uh, sticking bombs in her mouth. Uh, her power is, the sniper's power is she tracks people like through scent, and she needs air, obviously, to do that. So Frenda uses explosives for her power, and she blows up the building and like gets rid of all the air because the air can bust and then she has to go find the gap in the window to breathe so she can use her power and you know not die from suffocating and Frenda's waiting there and when she goes to open her mouth to breathe Frenda puts bombs in her mouth and kicks her out the window damn and, and like she falls like a hundred stories and explodes and you would say well she has to be fucking dead I mean in the index series they kill people and that's like the most dramatic death that's ever happened that I've seen in the franchise but no, in the next scene, the sniper woman's just wearing, like, a metal mask, and she has, like, a robotic voice, like, her throat got blown up, but someone saved her, apparently. But, like, there's no way she could have survived. Her head got exploded, like, a block worth of explosion, a city block, and she fell a hundred stories, so she should have been dead. Um, and an example of this is Frenda gets what's coming to her for just being double-crossing in general, uh, and in the Index series, her leader, Mugino, has, like, laser powers and cuts her in half. Just, just cuts her straight in half at the waist, and she dies. And, like, all the characters in this show are, like, high school girls. Frenda's, like, 16. But she works for, like, the one of the evil organizations that take, like, mercenary contracts. And she, like, rats out Mugino to someone. And Mugino hunts her down and chops her in half. And she just bleeds out and dies. <laughs> So it's like, Index is good because 
I like the world we're dealing with with superpowers, and though it's like half slice of life, cute stuff, the consequences that the author puts in are real. People die. There's like political intrigue. You know, the government's doing all sorts of shady programs to these kids as experiments. So I find that all really intriguing. But the problem with Railgun is when they made their spinoff. It's like I don't know if. Well, I guess I can speak to it because it's the only manga I've actually read or am current with in all of my anime watching. So it's true that in the the show is true to the manga, and the manga downplays the consequence. This is like the less gritty version of Index, even though I like the characters more. I wish it was more gritty and the consequences were more real. It's like they only kill characters off in the parent story, even if they appear in Railgun. The author tries not to, like, dirty his hands killing them in the Railgun series, because he doesn't want, like, it to be tainted, I guess. So, yeah, I wish the consequences were more real, but this season covers two arcs, and one is the Dai Hase Festival, which is, like, uh, I should give a little background for people that aren't familiar with the franchise. All the kids with powers or espers, they're all kids, and they all live in Academy City. So there's multiple school districts, and the festival is them kind of like competing against each other in like sports games. And I think that arc is boring. One, because I just in general don't really like tournament type arcs. Uh, though they don't just fight each other like Dragon Ball Z, they do like different games. And then um, the second arc is the one I like. It's the Dream like Eater one. They call it Dream Eater in the manga. They call it something else. Indian Poker in the show, I guess, because it's just like a card game adage. But basically, this person makes cards that can store dreams. And if you buy the cards, you get to like dream the dream they had. So like if you get a dream from a concert pianist, you can actually learn how to play piano because every night you're like dreaming of playing the piano. Yeah, you, it's really cool. You get to learn stuff. But the reason she made it is she's trying to also steal people's dreams and come up with a way to get rid of someone's soul because she had an experiment where she duplicated her soul into a robot and now she has to try to kill it. So, cool sci-fi like consequence problem is they once again like don't do it as gritty in the resolution but i i that's one of my favorite like manga arcs so i was excited <laughs> for this season because like that that story arc was getting like eight episodes mm -hmm. and sadly right as that arc starts it went on hiatus for like 65 days for covid or whatever so i just i couldn't watch it forever but then recently it finished up so um it's not worth like reviewing everything because at this point we're in season three um, this is my second favorite season. Uh, the second, so it doesn't really bear repeating why I enjoy the show overall, but I do think season two is strongest because it's most gritty and it deals with the main character, who's my favorite part, Misaka, more. And this one was like the interworkings of the city, and it kind of suffers from the same problem Index has at this point, where there's like a hundred goddamn characters, and I just. I don't remember or care why some of them are important. And, like, I just don't really enjoy Index, and I just kind of want the main characters I like to be part of the story. But sadly, with the festival arc, they have all these new characters that I don't care about. So, uh, the only the only drawback or bad thing about the show is it sometimes has too many characters. 
And I know that's been a complaint of yours since like first one. Yeah, it's just there's too many damn characters in this season. Uh, on the character page, there's 50 characters. On the, on the index recent season, there's like 150. Jesus, it's like that's just too many. You know how many characters were in the first season of Railgun? Like eight. And it's like, why? Why do they just keep adding more and more? And like, thankfully, he kills some off in Index because he just has too many. But is there a reason? Like, are they significant to the story, or do all these characters like play like small roles? Or like, okay, this arc had these fifteen people. Yeah, it's kind of like the arcs have different people, and also there's no unnamed people in this show. Every character you run into, which is kind of cool. It's like a real person. There's no generic characters. It's not like henchmen. Like, the henchmen in the show would be, like, Frenda, who gets killed for betraying her leader or whatever. It's like, uh, all the people in the story are, like, high school students, but also they are all have magic powers, so they're all relevant. Like, they're all real characters. There's not a single character you encounter that's just, like, unnamed. Everyone has a name. <laughs> So it's not that there's more people than a story would need. It's just everyone you meet is significant. Which must be a, a writing feat to keep them straight. But I would argue is not the correct thing to do as an author because so, it's hard to care about them. I'm assuming like Cosmo Kamichi was like, hey, I'm starting a Patreon for my new show called Railgun. And hey, if you pay 10 bucks a month, you can be a character <laughs> in the show. Just, I'll use your name. Yeah. I've got like 100 well, characters. Before the manga and before the show, they're based on light novels. So this is someone who fleshed out a whole universe across like, I think it's like 30 volumes of light novels. Yeah. So, so it has a, a lot of fucking source material. A hundred, over a hundred light novel published. Volumes published. Jeez. Okay. It's even bigger than I thought. Last time I looked, it was like 30, but that was like five years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd in scope. He's and it's gone... an impressive... Oh, wow. So, uh, Heavy Object, A New Testament of a Magical Index. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Anything else here? Those are the only two that have been turned into anime, I think. It's Heavy Object and Mandex, it looks to be. Yeah, and then Index is just, you know, all the spin-offs, Accelerator, Railgun, Index oh, itself. And there's, so. Hey, did you know there's video games? Mm-hmm. So if you played the PSP exclusive, a certain magical index, and uh, Toru Kanju 2, I don't know what the fuck this is. Anyway. No, I, I haven't played any of the Index games. I played on the Vita, there's like a Denbuki, yeah, whatever the, like, franchise of all of those characters is the oh. toradora and stuff they have like a fighting game oh dang you could be characters like from durara sword art uh toradora index railgun uh the regular magic high school fuck that show but they were in it uh yeah anime street so. fighter mm-hmm. uh let's see it is I don't know. Never mind. I literally just Googled Vita Street Fighter anime. And <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, no, I have the physical copy on Vita. It's Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax. And it's by Sega. Ah, but it's, of course it's, by Sega. it's a game that celebrates the 20th anniversary of ASC 
2 Media Works, Dengeki, Dengeki Bunko Imprint, featuring various characters from light novels published under this imprint. So I guess it's like their serialization of novels. Ah. Every novel that they have under their, like, company, all the characters got put into one fighting game. Gotcha. And sadly, Railgun has to share novel space with, <laughs> with Sword Art. <laughs> What else is in there? Oriimo, Shakigan, no Shana. You can play as you can play as uh, the uh, basketball girls. Yes, the etchy basketball girls are in it. Rokubu world. Rokubu. Yeah, Rokubu. Oh mm-hmm. god, they just throw basketballs. Yeah, they uh, they actually dunk on enemies for their damage. <laughs> <laughs> they jump over them and make like a cute noise and then dunk. That's funny. And the basketball hits the enemy. Uh, they have strike blood. Uh, they have that, what is it, Devil is a Part-Timer Girl? They don't have the actual Devil guy. Aww. They have Black Bullet, which I loved, and goddamn, why isn't there more of that show? It's like yeah. when you want stuff, you don't get it. But Yeah, you get yeah. <laughs> basically. I'll just say I hate Black Bullet, don't make more, and it'll come out next season. Yes. Uh, decent fighting game. Not up there with the greats, but it was fun enough. Um, But that's kind of off topic. Yeah, the show, I mean, I still really enjoy it. I gave it an 8. It's not as good as Season 2. So it's starting how, how to introduce much, so many characters. How much of this spinoff affects anything? If anything, does it affect the main story? Um, Not enough, but some. So there they, is consequences. Yeah, there's consequences. So, like, the stuff is actually happening in the real story. And, like... Hmm... Like, Friend is Alive in this one, because it takes place before Season 3 of Index, even though that aired first. But she's very much dead in the next one, and they allude to what happens in, in Railgun for why she was killed. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so everything blends over. Impressively so. So he's good at keeping his universes straight, and I assume in the light novel they are together. And I think for the manga and the show, he kind of broke them out separately. Because I think when he writes the light novel, Index and Railgun is not a separate series. It's just she's another character in the story. Misaka, that is. Who's the main character of Railgun? Same with the new Accelerator spinoff. Accelerator is another person who's already part of the main story. So, yeah. There's consequences. But when I say not as much as it should be, it's like it seems... For this breakout part or the spinoff part, he really minimizes the consequences. Maybe to make it easier to write, where nothing too crazy happens in this one, all the consequences seem to happen in the main line. But then that could also be unfair to the writer, because I don't actually know what's in the novel. I assume everything's in the novel, and the manga is the one that breaks it up, right? Gotcha. Because there's only one novel line. So it's not like he's writing separate novels for a world that ties together. He's writing one big novel, and for the manga, he's like, well, it makes sense to break them apart because Misaka gets screen time separate from the main character. So, yeah. But the problem with, like, not liking the main story is, like, you just have to watch it like me, where you're excited for a specific story arc in Railgun because it's hard to get excited about how it ties into the main story. And that was the problem with the festival arc. The festival arc is a setup for the main story, and I don't care about it. <laughs> Whereas the Dream Eater one is purely about Misaka. So. Yep. Gotcha. Would you watch more? If they were like, hey, we're coming out with season four, 
of this. Would you continue watching? Yeah, I'd be watching it now instead of doing this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really, I love Railgun. It's it's good. It's very good. I've said negative things about how I wish it was better because. I don't know, I fall into the cynical nature of being a critic, <laughs> being here talking about anime, but yeah, this is one show I feel like I'll always enjoy. Well, there you go. It does the magic tropes correctly that I want. The characters are good, although too many recently. And it's just always animated well, too. So it's a good show. The voice acting's good for both the dub and the sub. So. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to discuss before we uh, call it a show? Nope. I think two hours will wrap it up. All right. Yeah, we are at... Yeah. about that? All right. Oh, whew. If you made it this far, good job. <laughs> Check out our review index, bonsaibeat.com front slash reviews. There we have a long-ass review index. We've got 10 years worth of of top 10 episodes or top 10 shows and or top five or whatever we did got tons of stuff various top various top things top studios all our good stuff soon we'll have a new top yes we have a we will have an episode coming out where we look at anime music where we discuss to talk about our favorite songs what makes a good song I don't know. It'll be a fun episode. I'm I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. I'm Yeah, we're no music theory critics. Hell but, no. Man, I've even had anime I've watched purely because I like the opening song I've seen, so it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited. I got my list already done. So Nice. Alright. Well thank you very much for listening. Take care everybody. Be safe. Don't get the COVID. And Don't do that. Where are your goddamn Watch movies? anime. Yes. <laughs> don't don't vote Trump. <laughs> this has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.